Welcome to episode 353 of Coffee Pods and Wads. Thank you for listening. If you are listening to this, which you obviously are if you heard that, go to lskd.co, use CPW LSKD. No, LSKD CPW. That's the one. LSKD CPW. Get a discount. Make sure you click Rest of World if you're not in Australia or America. If you're in America, click the American flag and you get free delivery over certain amounts on there. That will save you money too. If you want to up your training, you should go to Sentinel. If you search Sentinel on Instagram or you can go to fitter.training.sentinel and you can sign up for a free trial and see what all the fuss is about. If you want to improve your recovery, you should go to whoop.com. No, join.whoop.com. That's it. Join.whoop.com forward slash CPW. You get a discount and I get a little kickback as well, which means I can afford things like, you know, food and stuff. Um, You can go to D8 Fitness if you're in Ireland and you want to improve your offerings of your fitness facility or your home gym or if you want to fine-tune the offerings of your fitness facility or your home gym because they service machinery and stuff as well go to d8fitness.com frog grips are insanely good don't need chalk grip up up on the bar they won't improve your gymnastics but they'll make you they'll give you the opportunity to show how proficient you are at them which is great Uh, beyond the whiteboard have come on board as well they are doing their all in one package so if you go to uh, btwb.com, you can find out more information. You can just use it as a workout tracker, but you can also use it for your whole gym if you're a gym owner, and you can migrate all of your clients to have this white-loving thing. It's really cool. So go to btwb.com. Go odd, free trial as always. Download the app, set up your free trial, move around a little bit, do a little test, see, hey, your shoulders aren't great. They'll give you some work on your shoulders to do or wherever your weakness is and they improve things. It's remarkable. Um, and Built for Athletes. You can go to builtforathletes.com and use the code CPW15 for a discount on the best bags in the business. Tola Marquino is our guest today. Enjoy it. Oh, yeah. I can hear you. I think it's coming through your laptop, not your it headphones. It is. I'm trying to figure out how to connect them. Give me two seconds. No problem. Um, I'll just keep talking while you're doing that. Um, so yeah, then, then afterwards I said, uh, I said to the kids that like, I said, oh, I'm doing it every day for the year. And like one of them almost started crying because <laughs> he thought, he thought it would be them also doing it for the, uh, like every day for the year. I said, no, we're not doing it every day in school. But the plan is to do it maybe once a week with them and see. Um, I still like doing it. I still like doing it. Okay, those headphones are not working. I'm going to try these ones. That's okay. You take the time. And if these don't work, well, we're just going to have to go no headphones, which is no good. Yeah, that's not, uh, probably not as bad as you think it is either. Okay. Then I won't stress about it. Yeah. Have we got parents' complaints? No, but that was only today. I'm actually expecting, uh, Tola, I'm doing 100 burpees a day for the year. Oof. And I got, I did it with the kids in my class. I'm a teacher. And I did yeah. it with the kids in my class today. Um, I did like sets of 10 th- over the course of the whole day okay. just to spread it out because, I mean, <laughs> I'm not a sadist. Um, and I was just saying that like one or two of them, I said like, oh, I'm doing this every day for the year. And one of them like was like, no. And I was like, no, you're not doing it. <laughs> I'm doing it every day. I was like, I might do it with you maybe once a week. Um, and they seemed okay with it. Some of them I just let them do f- sets of five instead of sets of 10. Um, but, the uh, vindicate asked, have I got any parent complaints? I don't think I will. I think, um, what might happen is what I hope happens is one or two, and I can pick out just even for that, uh, picture I showed, I could pick out two or three of the kids that will do it. 
one or two of the kids will come in tomorrow and say, oh, I did more burpees last night when I was home. That's my aim. Is that like, or maybe tomorrow I'll see them doing them on yard or something when they're outside. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yard probably makes it sound like it's prison, but that's just yeah, what we bit. call it. <laughs> that's, like, that's what we call recess Yeah, okay. um, is yard. Um, how are you? I'm good. I'm curious, how many days in are you for your 100 burpees? A day? What, what day is it? The 25th, so 25 days in. How, are you? Day. how are you doing? Yeah, good. The first, uh, I'm doing it. Uh, I don't know if you know J.R. Howell. He's a coach. He, he owns CrossFit Crash and Crash Crucible and Crescendo and those things. Um, he's doing it as well. He he asked me, did I want to do it? And I said, okay. Um, and I messaged him after a while, like after about four or five days, I was like, are you doing anything different? Like with your general moving around stuff? Like, are you like activating different things before are you just going doing burpees or are you like, Oh, I need to take care of my shoulders in a different way or something. Mm. Um, I think I actually called it your scap bits. So, you know, like the bits around your scapula, I was like, there's a lot of like this going on. Should I be doing something? Um, and he was kind of laughing at it and he was like, yeah, I mean, you're, you're basically doing a hundred pushups every day, going from like doing them intermittently across the week or whatever, whenever they pop up. So he was like, you know, maybe do, add in some extra pulling bits, you know, like to just to balance stuff out. But, um, I actually find, so the thing that I found the hardest, um, at the start was the number 100. So like stepping up and being like, right, I have to do hundred. It just seems like so fucking much. But then once you do like five, you're like, oh sure. I'm halfway through 10. And then once I get 10 done, that's a fifth of halfway, you know, like I'm almost at 50. And then once I have 50, I'm halfway. And you can just kind of chip away at it. But when you see the number 100, it's yeah, like, fuck, sure. it's going to take like two hours. Yeah, for sure. I feel um, like you should, every two weeks on one of your days, just do 100 straight. And then you'll have like, you can see the progress of across the year. Of, uh, yeah. Do you I know did. how long like 100 would take you straight? Um, <clears throat> I think, oh, I'm going to hate myself for saying this. I'll do that tomorrow, Tola. And I'll, I'll let you know how long it takes. Um, yeah. I did. So JR, JR is a lot fitter than I am. And he did a few of the days he did an EMOM. I think he did an eight minute EMOM of 12 and then did 16 in his last minute or something to do, to make it a hundred. Um, and I think I did, I think I did it, but I did all of them 12. And then I did like four just at the end or whatever. I did like a nine minute AMRAP of 12 and did four. So I think that's my metric. That has been my metric of like, can I keep, because like an EMOM is a good test because you kind of have to push it every time instead of doing it. Like any point during the hundred, you could just take a break. Whereas if you're doing an EMOM, it's like, shit, I've got 10 seconds left to get this. Like on the last few, the last few minutes, it was like, you know, I'd finish my last burpee and it'd be like two, one, go again. Uh, I'm familiar. Yeah. So I think my aim is to do that like once a month, that 12 minute or yeah, eight minute EMOM or whatever, and then see if it gets easier or different. But like body wise, I feel, I, funnily enough, I actually feel more athletic. Like I feel like I'm jumping out of my burpees better than I was at the start. It was a bit of a struggle bus at the start. Like, you know, just coming out of the lying down position was just shit. Whereas now I feel like I'm kind of springing forward. Like, yeah. I don't know if you ever get weird stuff popping up on your like uh, reels or on your Instagram, but there's this guy, I think his name's like Burpee King. 
and he just does burpee variations and push-ups for like all of his workouts and watching the explosivity he has at the out of the bottom of his push-up position is like obviously your body's gonna adapt if you're doing something every day but he is like freaky explosive in the upper body yeah even just i literally just saw his uh is this him Mm, no it's that's not him (laughs) but also cool ridiculously explosive they're not burpees either you no he's like he's like doing burpees in his living room in like a tank top and a do-rag it's amazing it's not burpee it's not alan is it not that guy burpee king yeah i don't know anyways yeah i just like I definitely, definitely feel more athletic. Like, I definitely feel more, um, I don't know, like springy or something. But I don't know as well as that just like, because it's less daunting, so I'm kind of moving faster. Do you know what I mean? I'm not like as, just like, fuck this. Every time I have to start doing it, I'm more like, all right, fine. Like, it's it's just set to 10. It's fine. But I'd I'd always be like that with workouts. If I'm doing like a 5K run, Yep. After, after I'm 500 meters in, I'm like, all right, I'm halfway to one fifth of the way there. And then I kind of, <laughs> or if I'm on the rower, I'm like, all right, I've got like however many meters until I'm a quarter of the way to halfway. And I just like, it's maths, really shit, pathetic maths. But that's all I do. So then I'm the same with the burpees where I'm like, all right, it's only 10 sets of 10. It's only 100 sets of one. It's fine. Honestly, I do the same thing, especially when I'm running. Uh, if I'm on a treadmill or... The real Burpee King, I think that might be oh, it. Oh, okay. Give that a um, If I'm on the treadmill, I'll, like, count down, uh, like, with my breath, breaths. Um, oh, yeah. And, like, every time I get to 10, I'm like, okay, I'm 100 meters in. I'll, like, check it real quick. And once I kind of have it dialed in the breathing to the meterage, I'm just counting the entire time. And it's, yes, dude. How good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, this is his workout every yeah, day. It's like, um, the way he jumps out, this bit, that's so, like, effortless looking. Oh, wait for him to, like, get going. It's amazing. That's crazy. <laughs> with the lights. Stay focused and focus on staying consistent. Okay. What's he doing here? I don't know. Maybe he's going to dance. He's got a sick boombox, though. He kind of looks like a pitbull. He does look like Pitbull. Wow, he's so springy. That's crazy. Just easy. Yeah, it looks like he's not even... I mean, like, like he's not all the way down, but, like, for pure just uh, power's sake. That's cool. I I love as well that he's also just, like, like, he looks so unassuming. Like, he's just wearing, like, black shoes, like, ridiculously high socks. I bet he can do 100 burpees really quickly. Yeah. Man, he should do 100... Fucking hell, they're long shorts. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Anyways, that's who I was talking about. That's crazy. Um, God, that's I'm going to go down a rabbit hole of that now. Um, yeah, so, right, I'm just going to jump in. Fuck it. Um, here's two lads who are just two good lads doing good work. Great lads all around. Okay, thanks, uh, Michael. Um, uh, what, right, I've spoken to you about this multiple times, and I'm going to continue to speak to you about it multiple times. Um, because you're you mentioned running there, 
and your transformation from a specialist and someone who like give you a bar and watch the magic or whatever, like set records, like, you know, who's going to finish second, basically your transformation from that person into, and I, I feel like maybe this little stint had a lot to do with it. Um, I'm getting cocky now sharing my screen so much. Um, but your transformation from that specialist, uh, and I don't know, is it like hanging around this guy or yummy or a combination of all those factors, but your ability to transform yourself into someone who can more than hold your own on a running workout is fucking nuts. Yeah, I would say it's a combination. Um, I was trying to do it for a few years and I just like, I was chipping away at it, but I wasn't having the progress I was hoping that I would have. Yeah. And that's okay. It just like, maybe it was just going to take me longer, but I think being with Yami and him being the coach that he is and really me kind of explaining my mindset to training and my uh, thoughts towards it and having him back up what I was feeling uh, in my own training gave me the confidence to kind of just keep doing what I was doing and also tweak things that I could maybe improve on. And so being around Yami um, and of course, Annie Frederick, Lauren and Khan, my whole team there uh, was amazing. And this is something I knew. I think there's a lot of things that like, you know, but you don't uh, maybe execute on as regularly as you should. Like, I know doing things in a group generally get you better than doing things alone. For the years previously, I was mostly running alone just because um, the crew I was with were all pretty good runners and they didn't need to work on it the way I did. And I wasn't on a team, so it wasn't directly beneficial for them to imp help me improve my running. Yeah. Whereas when you're on a team, it's directly beneficial for you to improve the things that your teammates are poor at. So like when I'm training with my team, any of my teams, I'm watching them lift all the time, trying to give them as best feedback as I can to get them in better positions or to lift heavier or whatever it may be because it's directly beneficial to the results that our team is going to have and therefore the results that I'm going to get. And so being in Iceland, having that group around me, knowing it was directly beneficial for our team to help me get better at running, running as a group every time we had a track session, even uh, we would set up um, in like this back corner of CrossFit Reykjavik, like five or six air runners, because uh, generally uh, BK and Kat would be training with us. So there'd be like six air runners and you could see our heart rates all up on a projector and Yami and Frederick are patrolling the air runners, making sure you're on pace, grabbing you water, you're just being the perfect coaches during a session like that. So that all we have to focus on is putting our best effort forward. And that was kind of the mindset for that team was everyone's just doing the best that they have for that day. And if we all do that collectively, we're going to be, you know, um, happy with our, our effort, uh, by the end of the season. And I was definitely still nervous at the end of the year. Um, 
because you feel yourself getting better and you can see the results, but you haven't had like the test yet. And Khan mm -hmm. and BK are both really great runners um, in, in the individual world. And so I'm, I knew I was still lagging behind them, but I was keeping up pretty well with Annie and Lauren. And like, they're also pretty good runners, like in their realm. So I was kind of somewhere in between, but we hadn't had that test yet to be like, okay, I maybe so we didn't really know. Um, we were hopeful for like a top 10, I think that year in the running event, that's kind of what we had planned for. Top five would be really great. The top 10 would be kind of what we were prepared to handle. Yeah. And so it ended up that what got programmed fit what we were training for pretty well. Um, I'm definitely a better like mile runner than I am a three mile runner, or at least I was at that point. Um, and so I was pretty confident in that and we ended up taking third and that was my first time taking outside of a bottom five in a run event ever in CrossFit. So that was like a really special moment for me. But even like, I remember seeing pictures of like, um, having not known a lot of what was going into your preparation stuff, you see a workout like that coming up and your, your, uh, my assumption was, uh, and you can forgive me for this if you want. My assumption was like, all right, it's going to be, if there's a rope, it's going to be can holding the rope and pulling like Tola along and like just trying to get him to keep up and just trying to like push him as much as he can. But any of the photos I saw of the run was like you were in front or you were in second. You know, like it's not like you were like slogging behind, like just like, wait, guys, you know, like really struggling with it. And I think that was what was most impressive was that like you were more than holding your own in it. It wasn't a case of like, oh, Tola got through that one, like, well done. It was like you were pushing the pace, you were keeping up with everyone, and like, as a group, we're moving forward rather than lagging behind. Yeah, so again, I was really happy with how I executed that workout. However, a lot of teams went, so it was a mile all four, then any two teammates run another mile directly after, while two rest, and then the other two finish it out. Yeah. Most teams had to go male male for the second portion and lauren was a good enough runner is a good enough runner for her to go ahead and take that second mile so i think that allowed me to be in the uh the best position i could have been in that workout and i wanted to take advantage of it and i think a big part of the running is is not if you're scared of what the workout is you're not racing yeah and I'm not scared of running a mile. I'm more scared of like a 5K. And so me having an event where I like, I know that if I just execute to my ability, like I've run a few sub six minute miles, like I can, I'm pretty confident I can go do one pretty much any day. And to be in a position where all I had to do was do my best uh, was really helpful for me. I think we probably would not have done as well if I had to go directly into the second mile, but that's what being on a team is about. You want to put everyone in the most beneficial position that you can to have the best result. And like, there's no, like, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid to say that. I think some people would be like, oh no, like I can definitely do that. I'd be like, Hey, if you want the best result out of me, I should go first and I should go last and we'll figure out the middle portion con obviously. And then Lauren, um, was definitely 
more enduring at that point in a in a two mile than Annie was. And also, like Annie was a little nervous for that the, the second mile with me because she know she knew like I could push that to a pretty good pace. And every time I see her, we we talk about that event because it was like a great moment for both of us. We were both nervous about it, and we executed really well. And we're like maybe one k in, and she's like push me, and I'm like, I'm in the zone. And I, but I heard her, and like we we've practiced this, of course, like. Um, You'll, you'll see like teammates running with their hands on their backs. And I wasn't as used to it as like someone like Khan would be. And I just kind of got my hand on her back and pushed and I pushed a little hard and she just went absolutely flying. And I, we're like, have a laugh about it now. But um, it was just cool to be in a position where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm pushing Annie. Yeah. Like uh, a cool situation. It is. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, what about... Uh... The team itself then like when you how how did it transpire that you got a call uh like was it were you suggested did you put yourself forward like how did that come about i'm i'm not quite sure i got a call i got a uh dm and uh, it was just like a very random dm like very straightforward hey would you move to iceland to go team with me this year or something like that from from annie and i was, was like on like new year's eve or something or something like some horrendous it year. was uh no no it was it was not on new year's it was a little before that maybe in like november december because i was doing um dubai and that's usually in december um yeah okay and my first like my gut reaction was like like Nah, this one's supposed to go to me. Like, maybe Annie's drunk. And then I was like, I don't think Annie drinks. Yeah. And you were like, like checking the page. Is this the real I call her and we chat about it for a little bit. And I was like, okay, like, who are you thinking for girls? Like, who are you thinking for other guys? And she was like, very straightforward. She was like, I'm talking to a few guys. Like, there's a few options out there. And I was like, okay, like, maybe I need some time. Like, maybe give me like till Christmas or something. And she's like, nah, that's too long. Um, but like, think about it and get back to me when you want. And I was like, okay. I hung up the phone. I called um, my guy. Like, his name's Dan, but he's like my guy who I go to for like working through stuff like this. Yeah. And we talked it through. And like basically within five minutes, I was like, all right, I got to do this. And I called her back the next day and I, she was expecting me to tell her that I couldn't do it. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. Uh, she was like, okay. Um, and so she had already kind of locked in Lauren at that point, I believe. And then we were working on a second guy and we just kind of fell through like a few plans. I, I believe I'm not really sure um, exactly, but I had done demo team with Khan and we got along really well. I love Khan. He's one of my best friends. And I just like, I called him and I was like, I told Annie you might be interested. I haven't talked to you about this yet, but like, would you be down? And he was like, yeah. And that's how it went. And then uh, it was it's, just like. It's crazy though, because like when you think about it, so uh, maybe it's just because I'm paying more attention since you guys moved there. But from where I'm sitting, it that 
DM or call or whatever kind of changed the trajectory of trajectory of both of your careers. Like it changed what was, what could have happened into, I think something like potentially remarkable. So I think if you hadn't had that year in Iceland, and if you hadn't been training with, Ann, uh, with Annie and under Yami and uh, Friedrich, I am not sure that the proven thing would have happened. And I'm not sure that this year would have happened because I think, I think, like you say, you always had that potential. You always like you were working on things, but it just hit different when it was in Iceland. And like Yami is just an unbelievable coach at spotting things and like little tweaks and stuff like that, that the average person or even the best coaches might never think of. Like he's just ahead of his time, I think. Um, and it's the same for Khan where I don't think he would have had, like he's been unfortunate with injuries and stuff, but I don't think he would have, expected to be on the precipice of an individual run had it not been or uh, he, he mightn't have had the confidence to go for an individual run had it not been for that time in Iceland as well and shoring up all those gaps that he felt he had like it's it's remarkable how one small decision or like one like for Annie to just say like what about Tola and send you a message has in my view completely changed things and then the fact that you did it and thought of Khan has completely so like her DMing you just changed both of your careers I think yeah, for sure. Any any has that kind of power. She is one of the greatest of all time. I mean, it's undeniable. Um, and so I knew, like, whether or not the the team ended up working out. Like, you never know until you know. Yeah. I knew that being around her would be special in some way. Like, she, there's just athletes that you're you get to spend time around, and you're like. Mm, you're a little different. Like, okay. Like I've spent time around like Tia now, for example. And like, okay, you're also different, different in a different way, but like, yeah. it's, it's this aura that they have of excellence. And I love being around that. I would always prefer to be the worst one in a training camp because I know I'm going to improve the bet the most. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to be that person every single year. And I think that's also why I've had, a fairly steady but linear progression is like i'm always looking for that i'm every year i want to be on the best team possible and i would like to be the worst one yeah because if i'm the worst one like i know the amount of work i'm willing to put in to not let my teammates down and hopefully everything will work out and we'll do really great it's cool as well like you're something else that you said in miami uh your awareness or like your self-awareness to say all right i'm not just not there yet for going as an individual so like what are my options because a lot of people i think tend to run themselves into the ground being like i need to go again i need to go again i need to go again and it's just this cycle of like disappointment hope like banjacks in your body disappointment hope but it's just you're just stuck in this cycle and i think it takes a lot for someone to have the self-awareness to say like do you know what like fuck this i'm actually better off doing this other option yeah so i feel that a little bit last year and this year and i think i'm kind of in that window for me where i'm in slash entering like a peak phase of yeah. my ability and i i wholeheartedly believe this year um last year and maybe 
another year or two. Like I could go individual if I decide to make that decision. Um, like I feel ready and all the other times I've tried, I thought it was possible if it, everything lined up well, if the programming lined up, if I had the right competition, et cetera, et cetera. But I didn't feel like I was completely prepared. Like, it's just like when you take a test in school, you know, if you studied enough or not, it's, it's either there or it's not. Sometimes you might get lucky, but if you prepare the right way, you get a good grade. Like that's kind of how I feel about training as well. I feel very prepared now. Um, like even, uh, so we've had what at games, uh, and then we did Australia and Miami. I think we had like a 5k ish run at all of them. And I'm not excited when I see one, but at this point I feel prepared for it, which is you're able to compete a different way when you're prepared for the tests like, or, um, and so I feel like that's also a factor in being able to place higher. And especially like this last one where it's only guys, like you're only competing against, I mean, the Wadapalooza teams were awesome. Like so many great guys and so many phenomenal individuals. And that's the only time where, you know, we, we get to compete against each other. Like, obviously it's a competition, but it's also, we get to spend time with each other and, and enjoy it and chat about training and chat about life and to have a, a 5k in there and place pretty well. I think we got fifth or something against mm-hmm. the best, all of the best guys in the world. Like they're all there. And that was the first time where I felt like, I didn't get like lucky for the programming of a run where ah, it's something I know I'm like competent at. I was just like, Oh, we'll see how we do. I feel like I'm prepared enough to hit this, you know, to the best of my ability. Hopefully we get a good result. And if we don't like, it'll be because of me because Chandler and Noah are both really good runners. (laughs) And then I can talk to my coach and be like, okay, how far off were we? Like, were we minutes off? Were we like a few seconds? And I would say we were a little off still, but like maybe we were like 15 seconds out of third place in that event. And like, yeah. I'm okay with that for where we are in the season right now. Yeah. Um, who is your coach now? Uh, Joachim. He is the Krieger training coach out of right. North. I think um, he is actually Swedish, but he coaches all the Norwegians, uh, worked with Kristen Holta. And is that he her partner or no? No, I don't believe so. Okay, okay. I don't want to start any rumors. No, no. <laughs> I've obviously have the wrong guy. I don't believe so. Business partner. Um, yeah. Okay, and then, um, so you've been with, um, you were with Invictus for like a long time, initially, right? Yeah, so I've been I've been with like every group possible, which is I think it's cool. Um I think maybe I don't like talk about it much, but I have a really I think great relationship with like pretty much every training group that I've been a part of. Uh, my first one's actually Misfit. It's like Misfit Athletics. Um those guys are great. I did like got to meet some really cool athletes. I met like Alec there and Cody. And then like a few years later, we ended up being teammates and like living in all in Boston together and getting to train out of um, 
we trained out of Invictus Boston. Um, I lived there for five years and that was like where my competitive like CrossFit career kind of kickstarted, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. Originally Reebok CrossFit Back Bay, but then we transitioned to uh, partner with Invictus. And so Invictus and then to underdogs for a, for a little bit. And I, the reason that happened is because I knew Justin. Oh, you uh, did that AF3 with him, was it? I did IF3 and also the Grid League was like my, uh, mm. a, yeah, that was my initial intro into fitness, functional fitness at 19. Um, I was on the Boston Iron team. He coached the the DC Brawler team. And so like I'm from Maryland, so I kind of like, I wanted to be on that team, but I ended up being on the Boston team and it was my favorite team I've ever been on. And it was like, still one of the most fun times I've ever had. And that's why I moved to Boston because those guys, I knew they had my back and I coached for them for five years. I coached CrossFit and weightlifting and just kind of started to get all the tools that I was going to need to be able to do this in a serious way. Uh, When you started doing grid was like, were you attracted to that because Cause you did gymnastics like when you were a kid, like when you were younger. Than I had that, no right? idea what it was. Um, I was like, I had just dropped out of college, uh, as 19. Like, I think it was like, uh, winter, winter semester or something. So I was like, maybe just in the new year, like 2016. Um, and I had just got my L1 and I would like, just started coaching and one of our members was like, Hey, have you heard of this thing? It's called like grid league. I, like basically he was like, you're not that fit, but I think you'd be good at this. Cause like you're strong and you're good at gymnastics. And I did like, yeah, <laughs> Backhanded. like totally true, totally fair. Um, but I did like some of the tests and like they invited, like you do like a, we did a pro day. And then if you do well there, you like go to the combine and I did okay at both and like wasn't really sure. And then ended up like getting pulled for the Boston iron team as like a reserve athlete. Um, but like still on the team. And then one of our guys got injured and I figured out how to do butterfly muscle ups. And then I was a starter and it was cool. Um, is that, it was that like, maybe it's different because you were a reserve. Was that like lucrative? Was it like pay? Maybe not lucrative, but was it like better uh, rewarded financially than say being a CrossFit athlete is? Um, not for me. Um, I think they blew their load really early. Um, but like as a 19 year old being paid to like do anything was pretty cool, especially when it's working out and like, Oh, like someone's paying for me to like fly to California. How cool. Um, so like to be making any kind of money, just yeah. as, a, <laughs> yeah, as like a freshie was um, really special. And also it kind of laid the blueprint for how I've always thought teams should be run and talent should be scouted and how to make the best teams possible for what you, what you have. And we weren't always able to do it because we didn't just, we just didn't have the resources, but I think if you have the resources, like there's a way to do it that is beneficial for the athletes, beneficial for whoever, you know, the entity is that's going to run the team or, or own the team. 
and I think it can lead the team division into a like a really cool space. I have lots of thoughts about the team division, but I I'm a firm believer that it can be way cooler than it is right now. Um, and way more enticing, not only for like athletes, but also for people watching um, who like to watch CrossFit. Is that, uh, so I want to dive in there a bit. So the uh, enticing, are you talking about programming? Are you talking about like making it more viewer friendly? Because um, who was it? Uh, I was talking to Joshua Shama and he said, at no point would his mom be able to just turn on a games workout and know what was happening. And he was like, that's one of the stumbling blocks that you can't just like flick it on and be like, look at the screen and say, okay, I get it. I know who's winning and what's happening. I would agree. And I think that's something grid did a great job of, of there is like a clear, like there's four quadrants. You race from one to four, super simple every time. And everything about the race has changed, but it was always like start to finish. And like, we kind of have start mats and finish mats, but there was always like, ah, you got to go back and tag and this and that. And the, the programming is a little bit of it, which like, uh, of course you want the test to be like well-rounded. So it's hard to have a well-rounded test with all of the events being viewer friendly. Like that's def definitely a hard thing to do. People are not going to like this, but in my opinion, 40 teams is too many at this point with where the sport's at. If you look at the individuals, you have 40 and you have any individual in those 40 that can win any event, depending on the event. Whereas in the team division, I believe uh, like last year, the top three teams won or got second in every event. So like there was just not a whole lot of uh, there's not a whole lot of wiggle room which is frustrating when you when you do really well and maybe have one that's not great, obviously. Yeah, maybe. like you need favors from other teams, but there's just nobody of the caliber to come between you and someone else or whatever. And I think we're getting there. I think there's going to be like eight really good teams this year that I've heard about, and I'm excited to compete against. I think it makes it more fun as a competitor as well because you know there's like something can always happen. Like, and I, I think that's how it should be. Like, you should know that every event matters. Like, there's not like, Oh, we're just going to walk away with this one. Or mm -hmm. like, ah, uh, we might, we're not going to win, but we'll like easily take a top three. Like there's just no one that can compete. Um, and so I think 40 teams is too many. I think something like 20 teams would be much better because then you get the best talent from those 40 teams and you just put it into 20 teams that makes the race a lot closer in my opinion mm. so is it like to in order to make it it needs to sort of move further away from the affiliate cup and closer towards the kind of super teams league if you want to if you want to commercially make it viable i guess yeah I, I would say it would need to go that way um <laughs> So I've competed on the only ones who don't agree are teams 2140. <laughs> like, uh, we need more teams. <laughs> and and they, they did that. They they went from a six-person team to a four-person team. Like yeah. I, I was on the last year of six-person teams, so I got to experience that a little bit. And that made it more viewer-friendly and more competitive. 
And then there was a year, I think it was 2019, where they were doing the national champion thing still. So there's like hundreds of individuals. But the only way to qualify a team was to win a sanctional event. Yeah. And so there was a total of 13 teams at the games. And that year was wild. Like super teams everywhere. During the sanctionals, when people were trying to qualify, like we uh, Rogue had a team division that year and like uh, like OC3 won Rogue and then we got second, Mayhem got third. We flew, we had to like go to uh, French Throwdown to compete against Mayhem again, a different Mayhem team, but also a super team to like try to qualify for the games. And then like getting to the games, every single team was like, it was that situation where depending on the workout, any one of the 13 teams could win. And that felt really cool. It felt more professional in my opinion. Like, Would you have the teams with the individuals still? in this like revamped format would you have like say the same scenario like i am i envisage i don't know but i envisage what's going to happen this year in texas because there was like two dates released early on and they kind of overlapped and i thought okay but it's only teams and individuals that are going to be there so i think they might do teams from say tuesday to thursday or tuesday to friday and do individuals from like thursday to sunday so like have a couple of days overlap but the teams will have their own slot at the start individuals will have their own slot in the at the end kind of like the age groups and the individuals used to overlap in madison or whatever um do you think that's a good format or would you rather have all right the team competition is going to be the first week in september or the first week in august and the uh, individual competition is going to be the last week in july say I'm impartial to whether we go at the same time as the individuals or not. I think at this point, there's a lot of team athletes who were individuals at one point or a lot of individuals who are like, ah, maybe I'm going to transition to team. And I think it's maybe better for the community to have everyone there at the same time. Mm -hmm. But I think it's way easier to, I mean, if you cut the teams in half, that's like, yeah, what's four times 20. 80, 80 it's less, even, yeah, it's less heats. It's less heats. Less heats. It's so you less can less. have like yeah. two heats and then maybe after two days of competition, you go top 10 and then you have two heats of five and then it's just yeah. like better coverage. You really know who's, who's who. And there's not that kind of like, uh, I, I don't like when you're, watching the first heats at an event and they're getting no, like the announcers don't know who they are. Like they're not maybe just like not doing very well. I, I like, if we're trying to professionalize the sport of CrossFit, we have to treat it professionally. You know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of like, I agree as well. I kind of think that like semifinals is the place for that. Semifinals is the place for teams to, you know, like, Hey shit, we made it. This is cool. Um, yeah. like let, let's see what kind of damage we can do or whatever i don't think going to like flying to fucking america and competing like i just don't you know it's just it kind of turns into also runs when you have teams where it's like all right let's try not finish last in this one and it's like no disrespect still great that you made it there but i just think that semi-finals is kind of the cutoff for that um hey let's give it a bash and see what happens attitude as opposed to going to well now texas and being like, oh, like, cool, we got free T-shirts. Let's see what happens now. It's kind of, you know, it, as you say, if you want to professionalize sport, you need to kind of 
have a cutoff line somewhere where you, there's a filter where people or teams that are just having a bit of fun um, maybe have a different opportunity to do that. Like yeah. if, if they want to make if they want to make money off it, why can't they do a community division at the games? For sure. And do like, all right, like you know, you can enter, you can buy your ticket and enter and whatever, you know. Yeah, um, I just uh, yeah, I, I would totally agree with the. Um, I think the time of like, I'm um, just trying to make the games to have fun is dwindling quickly. Um, I think it's gone in the individual division. Um, and I think it's leaving swiftly in the team division as well. Just there's too many people that are too good. Uh, yeah. Everyone is very fit. Um, and if you're not doing all of the things or you're just an absolute freak of an athlete, you're just going to be behind, I think. Uh, off topic. <laughs> Toll is the most handsome man in CrossFit, and Toll is yeah, so funny. Right I'm going to do my hair, but it's fine. There's another one somewhere else. Um, are you single, Tola? I am. You kind of like, I feel like you kind of, you'd have to either be in a relationship with someone incredibly understanding <laughs> or be single to be like, all right, I'm moving to Iceland. All right, yeah. I'm moving back to Miami. You know, or like I'm moving to Nashville. I'm moving to Miami. You'd have to either have someone that's just like, I love you and I'll go wherever you go, or else just be single. Superwoman. Um, I am single. Uh yeah, it is. I move I move quite a bit and I really enjoy moving and I enjoy living in new places. And I think I have some time time for the rest still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that yeah. Her day will come whoever she is um and this year then so it was interesting speaking to um noah he was saying that basically him uh and chandler came up with a list of hey uh if we're going to do a team who should we have on our team like we'll come up with a list of girls and then noah had the idea of coming up with a list of or someone did of coming up with a list of uh, two guys and two girls to basically train with and compete against and like push and see how things could go. And your name popped up and uh, Noah said that Chandler said, Hey, like Tola's the right man for this job. If you can get Tola, like forget me, just like, cut me out and pick him. Um, jo in jest, I think was how Noah put it. Um, so when you get that call, then uh, having done Iceland, having done uh, Nashville, having like, just missed out on podium having podiumed and just missed out on like victory is it are you like fuck yeah i'm ready or is there any kind of apprehension because you mentioned that you kind of feel like you're ready now if you wanted to to make a run at individual was there any part of you that was like oh if this is anyone other than no i'd probably say no and i want to go individual like was there any kind of angst about it i think that i just I really enjoy being on a high level team because I think it's best for me. It gives me a good balance. It, I enjoy it. And I'm, I don't have this like desire at the moment to try to win the games as an individual. Um, it comes and goes every now and again. I'm like, I can do it. But if I go individual, I think it would more so be like 
I'm going to go compete, have a good showing. I would definitely have a goal. I would say like something like a top 10. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to compete unless I feel felt prepared for like a top 10. Like I want to be competitive. Yeah. I don't just want to go. Um, so like that, and I know the mindset that I would need to be in for an entire year to make that a reality. Um, as far as team goes, I have to like the sound of the team. Um, there's a few people, if they asked me and if they had the right circumstances, that I would probably never go individual if they wanted to go team. Um, just because I would enjoy life too much, um, yeah. being around them or being in that environment. Um, and I think this is one of those times where like, I was like, I would not now be on a team if I didn't think they had potential of winning. I'm not saying my team is going to win. There's going to be a lot of great teams, but I'm confident that we will be in the race. And I feel like if you think your team's going to win right off the bat, um, you're underestimating your competition. Mm. And I think that is a unfavorable stance to take um i think if you watch any sports over any amount of time period like anything can happen on any playoff or any final or any semi-final like things happen in sports people are supposed to win and they get blown out or like someone gets upset and that's just the way sports work but i'm confident that like this team is going to be in the race um and I think we can punch it home this time. Do you like listen to the talk? So obviously, like that first year, uh, obviously these I'm I'm kind of categorizing these three years as like one block, like yeah. Iceland proven in this year. Um that first year, it was like the whole narrative leading up to the games was Annie versus Rich. It was like Iceland versus Mayhem and who's gonna win and who's who's gonna come first and who's gonna come second. And then obviously the season doesn't transpire that way. Well, the season was transpiring fine. And then unfortunate injury and just like, it just didn't go to plan on game day, we'll say. Then last year, the narrative was who's finishing second behind Proven was the narrative. Um, because it was like, oh shit, they've got Andrea and Taylor and like they've done it all in team. And now they've got Tola and Tim is brilliant. Like, here we go, who's finishing second. Um, and I know from speaking to the Invictus guys, that lit a fire under them because they were like, fuck, if no one's going to talk about us, we'll make people talk, basically. And it kind of drives up, kind of ramps up the tension a bit. Um, and then now going into this year, like, has it been difficult? Or ha like, do you ignore that kind of chatter? Like, do you just say like, yeah, look, say whatever you want. Like, as you just said, it's kind of like, you never know, really know what's going to happen on game day, et cetera, et cetera. But like, can you is it possible to fully block out all that kind of conversation and all that kind of talk and those articles or posts or whatever yeah i don't talk shit because i feel like you look really dumb when you can't back it up um and i'd rather just perform my best and have let that let that do all the talking um and if you perform poorly, then that also does the talking. Um, that was definitely the narrative last year. I And as well, I want to be clear, it wasn't the narrative being spun by, say, Annie's team that year or, or Rich's team or like the Proven team last year. It's not like 
the piece being put out was we are going to win this. It was just kind yeah. of the general assumption from the masses, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's always tough. I feel like we had the potential to win the games. I feel like we were lined up in a good way. I also felt like there were certain events that could come up, and this is early in the year, that we were not going to be prepared for because we did not put in the correct amount of preparation. And one of those happens to be a 5K run that I knew we were not adequately prepared for. And once it gets announced, there's really nothing you can do at that point um, if you haven't put in the preparation. And so that was definitely daunting for our team. And I think our whole team knew it. And we were going to, of course, do our best. But we placed significantly lower than we had planned for. And we weren't prepared and it just uh, didn't go great on game day. And like like I said, that kind of stuff happens. But it is also tough when you're like, we had a, actually a, had a team meeting today and Joachim put up our placing for my team last year. And it's like 111, 120, 12, 12, 12, or something like that. And it's just like, mm, so close. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's it was a in my opinion just a lack of preparation, not a lack of ability. And I am confident that my team will be adequately prepared this year to handle all tests to the best of our ability. And if we win, great. We would love to. I would love to. But if we don't, I don't think it's going to be because we weren't prepared enough. Are you anyway like bitter over last year? Are you anyway like you know? Is it more than frustration that you didn't finish the way you felt you could have when you initially signed up, say? I wouldn't say bitter. I would just say, like, I've done enough sports and I've done sports for long enough to know that, like, sometimes you're supposed to win and you don't win. Uh, I used to be a wrestler. My senior year in high school, I was 39-0 and zero going into the state finals, wrestling someone I had beat in the regional finals supposed to win and i didn't win and like you know 39 and one still pretty good but just not 40 and zero yeah you know what i mean um for example last year i invictus beat us there's not like oh we should have won like sorry that's an ambulance going by um, there's no like, oh, we should have won this, that, and the other. They beat us. We weren't prepared for an event. But I think we were just as talented as talented of a team. I don't think like they just beat us. Yeah. They, like there's no sometimes you just don't win. Yeah. Um, speaking of not winning, someone would obviously have to lose this. Colton, <laughs> Colton wants to know if you want to wrestle. If we're talking about professionalizing the sport, a halftime show of you and Colton 
preferably some baby oil involved. I mean, I'm like, I'm just throwing it out there. It does, there doesn't have to be, but just uh, that's the way I'd want it. One of those inflatable little tubs <laughs> and like jello or something. <laughs> like you'd be typed like come off the top rope. Yeah. And you have like an elbow. Um, I kind of feel like, have you ever watched those like, um, I like the team. Those old kung fu movies where someone's like, there's always one guy who's like unpredictable and just moves around. It's like a a rat just moves around real fast and like gets in and out between people. I feel like that would be Colton's. Colton's, I feel like he'd just be wildly unpredictable that you kind of stand face to face with him. He's unemotive, doesn't move, no facial expression, nothing. And then he just like jumps at you like a fucking lizard or something. I just think, yeah, I, I can't. I wouldn't be able to, pardon the pun, but I wouldn't be able to pin down his wrestling style um, if you pay me to do it. I just think, yeah, I got, I got you to pin down. <laughs> um, yeah, that'd be something I'd like to see. There doesn't have to be Jello or Baby Oil, I don't mind. Um, with uh, just even the sound of that one, because I know Lena arrived like yesterday or the day before yesterday or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Matilda has been there since what a Palooza, more or less. Is that right? Um, but even the sound of that, the fact that you had that call, um, I know the Krieger guys are not the type of coaches or, you know, uh, athletes or any type of professionals in the space to just be like, well, we should do good. So let's just see what happens. Like they're meticulous. They're like exhaustive in their preparation for stuff. And they've proven it over like years that... I mean, they had so many fucking teams at semifinals last year and so many teams in the games, like it's nuts. Um, is it safe to say that this, that you anticipate being more prepared for this season than any other season with that kind of preparation? I guess similar to, it's similar to Yami's approach. It's that kind of Scandinavian vibe of like no details left to, to chance. Yeah, that's, I, I feel we are going to be very prepared um, for, Hopefully anything. Um, we'll see what we get. Texas is going to be new. It's going to be hot. I don't know. Like maybe we won't do as many things outside. I don't know if we're going to be able to swim. So I don't think anyone knows. I don't. I don't really know how much like biking is possible there. But you know they always find a way. So we'll see what we get. Um, but I'm all of the concerns of what we need to work on. Like we all know what it is for every person already. And there's no like, mm, we're just not going to do that well at that event if it comes up. Like there's none of that. There's like, how do we maximize that starting now? Like we have seven months, like that is plenty of time to make a massive improvement in one area. There's also like one of my favorite things about being on a team is like you, it really matters that you work on your weaknesses. Like as an individual, you can get by for a long time, like just getting by with stuff you're not great at but if you want to be on like a high level team like you really have to focus on your weaknesses you have to do the things you don't really want to do and i think it's would be really beneficial for a lot of individuals to take a year of team i think they would have huge improvement if they decided to go back to individual just like a full year of being like still training super hard but you don't have to be peak at everything you just have to really work on that one thing that's holding you back because you obviously already have all the other tools um to be able to put all of that together i think 
I think it would be great for a lot of individuals, especially like there's a lot of really talented young guns coming up. And I always tell them, I'm like, Hey, like, I think you're really talented. Like, I know you have like a thing going, but if you get the opportunity to be on a good team, like I would definitely take it. Um, learning from like le learning from someone like Annie and Yami, uh, T and Shane, like it's just invaluable in my, in my opinion. And I would rather have that than have taken that year maybe qualified for the games like hard maybe and like then in like 30th place like that this is just doesn't sound as fun as the year i had in iceland you know what i mean mm -hmm. um i think i asked you on this show like or maybe about two years ago and then again about like eight months ago or nine months ago and you're like yeah i'll think about it like maybe you like basically never seem to do these why are you, are you, is it like just, you don't enjoy doing it? Like what's, what's the reservation? I'm just not a big social media kind of guy. I do my best with it, but it's definitely like not a passion of mine. Yeah. Um, probably have like more cool sponsors if I were, but it's just like not my vibe. Um, I'm happy to talk. Like I'm not like mean. Just, um, that's not what i was insinuating by the way yeah just uh kind of keep to myself yeah it's interesting because obviously it's a chore and i was kind of talking to someone about this earlier on as well how there is this kind of um you know like you there are, there are certain people that being on a podcast is valuable to like I think you're adding value to me here rather than me adding value to you, for example. But there are other people that I could have on this show where I feel like I would be adding value to them as opposed to the opposite because I could share their story with people or whatever, if there's someone who's like lesser known or whatever. Um, but then it, it, there is a point, I think you get to a certain point on like your trajectory or whatever, or on one's trajectory where it becomes like, it's almost like charity. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't need to do this. I have like, however many followers I can speak to them anytime I want. Like, I don't like I'm doing fine. It's not like I'm suddenly struggling and I need, what I, you know what I mean? It's kind of, there comes a point where it's like, oh, I actually don't need to do this as opposed to, man, I need to get my face out there and I need to like, you know, spread around a bit. Um, but I kind of, my response was that like, it's basically like community interaction of say, if it was, if you were coming on, here in my opinion maybe you can correct me if, if you if i'm wrong but in my opinion if you were coming on here for selfish reasons you'd be wasting your time as in like there's so much better stuff you could do with your time with an hour and a bit than coming on to this show and talk to me if your reasons were purely like self-motivated of i want to you know earn some fame or i mean you're in the wrong fucking place but you know what i mean yeah. where like i think it's that sort of community feel of like, oh, I could reach more people and like share a story with more people. And maybe like you're talking about those young guys about advising them to do a team. You never know who's going to see this or not just this, but any show that you do or whatever. So it is interesting how there's this kind of like, it just becomes a point where it's like, right, this isn't for me anymore. It's like I'm doing this for other people. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I was so keen to get you on was because I've basically never heard... I, ne I basically never heard you speak until I spoke to you at the games. 
And then I was like, oh, that's what Tola sounds like. And then I was like, speaking to you in Miami, I was like, this guy's fucking smart. Like he knows his shit. And I was like, right, mission on now to just get him on the show properly because he has a lot to say. Um, so yeah, I'm not criticizing you for not doing them. I'm just curious as to, it's just interesting that people, some people love doing them and some people just like, nah, not interested. Yeah, I think it definitely doesn't feel like charity, so to speak. Like I'm... I'm glad that you think it's valuable to have me on and that makes me happy because I've now gotten a chance to talk to you and like you seem like a nice dude and like I enjoyed our conversation and I'm a good actor man a real good actor <laughs> you posed questions to me in a way that I felt like I could give a thoughtful response and I wouldn't want to be in a situation um I feel like there are some different shows that are more like trying to do a hit piece on someone or just talking shit and I'm like that's that's not really my vibe like I I really enjoy our community and I want it to grow and I want the sport to become professional in the way that I know it can and I think there's a lot of kind of opposing forces pulling it both ways um and I think that talking shit about the athletes or the community or people's performances is not the way to go about it. Um, obviously, some people enjoy watching that kind of stuff. So, you know, to each their own. But I've never been, like I said, I'm not a shit talker. Just like I really, I want to win, but I would rather win with everyone else winning just not as much as i'm winning <laughs> yeah like uh, i don't no, want I'm not like i want them to, i want them to lose like i want them to have a bad day and like underperform like no i want to beat you and i want to beat you fair and square and i want to feel good about it and i want you to know that we were just better than you yeah it's interesting though like it is um you know, as I say, each their own, but like, like, I guess if you're talking about professionalizing the sport and if you look at like, I don't know, I don't follow American football. Um, I follow like soccer, but it's the yep. same in all sports, really. You have like a basketball team, another sport I don't follow, but you have a basketball team uh, facing off against another basketball team and they're both hotly tipped. They play each other. One of them is shit. One of them is good. They just have a bad day and off day. Their star players doesn't perform or whatever. Like that player will be criticized and that team will be criticized. And it'll be like, here's what he should have done. And he moved over, you know, they'll have all the diagrams up and they'll be like be moving the piece around and be like, they should attack this side and blah, blah, blah. You know, like going in on like extreme minutia of the detail of stuff that should have been done. Um, and I think the difference is when it's in the sport like CrossFit is more like golf where when it's like one person and you're criticizing one person or critiquing one person and saying they shouldn't have dropped the bar or they're moving too slowly or they need to do this out of the other and then it, it's it's seen as being more about like the individual rather than you're still talking about a sport and mm. it's not it's not like a character assassination it's like a performance assassination if you know what i mean it's like 
he should have done or she should have done this, this and this, or look at the way they approach this. Why are they breaking for so long? Or, you know, they were weak at this last year. Have they not practiced it to get better at it this year? And if you withdraw, so say if someone is saying that about Tola, hypothetically, Mm -hmm. and if you have the word like, you know, Tola needs to move faster and he's taking too many breaks and blah, blah, blah. It's, it sounds harsh when it's like one person walking across the floor and it's their name being said. But if that was like the fucking, Bronco Buccaneers need to up their game. You know what I mean? If it's like a team name, it suddenly becomes less human and it's more like, oh, you can say whatever the fuck you want. But when it's an individual, then it's that's when it sounds like an attack more so than like a criticism. Like, I understand what you're saying, but I guess I view most of the, uh, you know, sources that people might consider to be attacks, like Hitler's stuff or Savan's stuff or anything that people might perceive as that kind of thing those kind of like you say it's different horses for different cor- or different courses for different horses people like different things and stuff and you have to appeal to everybody you can't have a scenario where the only things to watch or to consume are like vanilla kind of prey like you know everything's great all the time like there's nothing wrong ever and you know oh like hypothetically again oh, uh, Jeffrey won the games last year and this year he finished last, but hey-ho, he gave it his best shot. You know, like, you can't, yeah. so, can't in scenario, you know? Um, I'm actually okay with most of Hiller's stuff. Like, doesn't really bother me because most of it's about movement quality, and I think that needs to be upheld. So, I'm, um, like, no issues there. Yeah. Um, I think there are some where, like, they get into like people's personal business and i feel like that's just like you probably don't know the whole story and that's just like uh not my uh not my feel um i don't think it's like as in finding reasons outside of the sport for performance basically if you know what i mean yeah i just don't think it's appropriate to talk about someone if you don't know them per- personally like uh n- their performance aside yeah, yeah, I guess. You, so you yeah, can yeah. talk about their performance, um, but their performance is different than them as a person. Uh, and then also, um, yeah, like you were saying with 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 basketball, um, just kind of gave me an idea of like um, increasing the professionalism of the sport. Thinking back to like the team series, I think that was like that was one of my f- most fun things to watch. Like watching the best athletes from oh, all like the Europe versus that thing, yeah, yeah. And like looking at the competitiveness between, I think it was maybe four or five teams. And so, like, okay, 40 is too many. What is the right amount? And like, because with those teams, it was super competitive and um really exciting to watch in my opinion but they also did it in the span of like two hours i don't know if that's possible to do with crossfit uh, at its current state but i do know that like if you look at an individual it's really hard for an individual athlete to put four good days together at the crossfit games like that's a feat and you have to be able to do that to win right and now you're taking that, multiplying it by four on a high level team. You're looking for four different individuals to all have four really good days in a row. 
it's a different thing, but it's just as hard in my opinion. And so mm -hmm. I don't know if shortening the competition like span as possible, like could we do as much volume, but do it in two days? I think in the team division, it is possible. Um, I don't think it is in the individual. I think they need all those days because they are getting hammered. But I don't think the team volume is to a point where we necessarily need four days to figure it out. I guess as well, depending on the type of workouts, like if you have work rest or if you have, you know, or if you're sending, like I always think it would be cool in one event to have like, maybe this is stupid, I don't know, but to have like a four part workout where it's like each of them, each of the, you know, disciplines or modalities or whatever. So you have like a weightlifting segment and you pick someone and you say, right, Tola, you're doing this. And like, Noah, you're going to do that piece. Like that, like after Tola's window is finished, you're going to move and you're going to do that piece. Maybe that's a bit too grid-like, but you know, like that you have like, like a Hunger Games tribute that you push yeah, forward. Yeah. Right? I don't think it's too grid-like. I think it... It gives the athletes to, a chance to showcase their specialities, which is cool. Like, it gives those, athletes, but as well as anything else, it gives those athletes content for a fucking year. Like, it gives. Yeah, them, like, I don't oh, want to like. There's a lot of really talented lifters, but I don't think I've tried to like hit a heavy lift in five years. Like, every lift I've hit at a competition is something I'm like. I'm 97% sure I'm going to hit this. Yeah. I think it'd be way more fun to give me like six minutes and let me try to snatch 350. Cause I yeah. think I can do it. Honestly, I think I can, but like, I don't have a reason to like, yeah. that kind of sounds shitty, but like, for the gram, man, for the gram, <laughs> like getting two lifts, no one is going to lift yeah. anything fun in my opinion. And yeah. so I think there's a few different ways to really showcase all of it the, yeah. the same way like if you have a if you have a 5k run and you are a stud runner you can showcase that like you can run 15 minutes i'm just gonna be like that's fucking awesome but yeah. if you're like a really great weightlifter but you only get two attempts i think it takes away from your ability to showcase how good you are in that aspect of that thing so I think more entertaining for everyone if the workouts showcase full level of ability. Yeah. Or some of them at least. Yeah, I agree. Um, at Wadapalooza, um, I don't know what your take on it was, but I know Chandler got a bit uh, frustrated and I was getting frustrated at uh and this isn't a dig at anyone um but the line of questioning of hey tola what's it like being with chandler and noah and what's it like like it must be so great that it's chandler and noah and that you know like that they that maybe i'm attributing tone to it <laughs> but i felt it was like wasn't it so nice of them to bring you <laughs> like you know that they brought you for your big day out um when you're asked those kind of questions like you were asked similar types of questions multiple times are you, is there any point for any part of you that's like like hey fuck you <laughs> like I've, you know like i've earned it honestly i could be but no not really like as i said earlier i'm happy to be the worst one on the team 
Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that you were, but yeah. But That's like, no shade to the I'm, other I'm happy for people to think that. Like, it do, it doesn't bother me. Um, like, if we have a great performance, I'm not worried about it. Like, I'm gonna do the best I can. Like, people said the same thing when I was on a team with Annie. Like, oh, so nice of Annie to like bring along these three losers. Um, <laughs> these guys collected like, you know, chip packets and then yeah. <laughs> um, but I know that in our environment in Iceland, I gave something back to them. So there's yeah. no like, you guys just like, you're not there. So you don't get to see it. Um, no, it, it doesn't bother me. And like, I'm, if that's like that forever, that means I'm having really awesome teammates for the rest of my life. Like, oh, yeah. so sad for me. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. It's a good way of looking at it. Um, I think I never really thought I had an ego until I started talking to you about that. And then I realized, man, I could be going fucking nuts in my head <laughs> if, if, if I was in his scenario. Like, you're very, you're very chilled out. Um, is this, are you expecting this? You mentioned uh, when we spoke in Miami, you kind of mentioned that. Um, I'm going to butcher his name. What's your coach's name again? Joachim. Joachim. Okay. I definitely was not going to say that. Um, I was going to go with a hard J. Um, so he, uh, you kind of mentioned that he and you have more, it seems like more of a kind of a collaborative approach of like, you know, that it's, it's a very two way street of like, Hey, I think this could really help the team because you, now you've kind of built up that it's not like you were, uh, say just on a team at underdogs for four years. And then came here. It's like you've had the benefit of experience of being with Yami and being in Iceland and being in with, you know, Shane and Tia and the Proven Crew in Nashville. And now you're here. So you have the benefit. You've kind of like through work and through osmosis, you've just kind of absorbed all this other information from like two very different camps, I guess, as well. And you're bringing them to this another very different camp. Um so is it fair to say this, that this would be a more collaborative approach than you've had in the past where it's more like shared rather than, all right, you guys are going to do this. Let me know how you get on kind of thing. Yeah. So it's going to be new for all of us because Joachim is remote. So he's doing our programming and our coaching, but like we're all adults. We've all been on teams. We've all trained for a long time. Like we, we have to take a certain uh, amount of responsibility and if I'm seeing something that one of my teammates needs to work on and I'm not telling them or telling the coach, like, Hey, I think like we got to work on this thing because of these reasons. If they fail at that thing, it's as much on me as it is on them. And that's kind of how I've always felt about team. Like uh, if my teammate fails, like maybe they underperformed, but as their teammate, I underprepared them. Yeah. Like if we all have that feeling that we're trying to make our teammates the most prepared that they can possibly be, we're in a really good spot. Yeah. Um, when does, have you guys started? Like, has it, has it, has it kicked into gear yet? Are you still kind of, is, are you giving Lena like a couple of days to acclimatize? Uh, we, we have started. We, we did some team stuff yesterday. Um, I think our big kickoff is like Monday, but yeah, we, yeah we've started. We are, we are very sore. I am very sore. <laughs> yeah, I'd say of anyone, I feel 
the worst for uh, Lena because she's just off a flight. So I kind of I have more sympathy for her than anyone else. But yeah, it's it's a rude awakening for especially like Miami because she's coming from Norway, which yeah. is like midwinter, and then she's going to like Miami's pretty. It's pretty fucking hot. It's nice. Um, yeah. Um. So your your semi final is, uh, no Knoxville. Is that right? Um. I gotta be honest. I don't really do that kind of stuff. I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. I think it is. Um, I couldn't tell you when the open is. I couldn't tell you where our semi final is. Don't know. Someone will tell me, and I'll be there. The open is in thirty five days, so be ready for that. Cool. Um. Your semi final is in Knoxville, I believe. Um, and it's the uh, Mac, and oh, the other one is in Carson in this old soccer stadium, I think. Mm. Um, and then the games are in Texas. I I'll do know te- that. I'll text you the dates uh, close <laughs> to the time. Don't want to get you too excited. Um, no, listen, uh, thank you, um, for coming on. It's like genuinely a pleasure to get to talk to you. I think you're, you're a really good dude. It's really good, um, getting to hear a bit about you. Like, a very keen to have you back on again another day um congrats on everything you've achieved personally and all the different things you've done all the different teams is remarkable and yeah good luck with the team this year it's like there's some fucking decent teams <laughs> names popping up so it's going to be a pretty epic there's gonna be fun teams i think all of my teammates except for Annie are going to be on separate teams this year and all very good teams. So I'm excited to see, to see how we do. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. I know can has mentioned being on a team with James. They've yep. both said that publicly. They haven't said the two females publicly, but you can probably, okay, piece it together. yeah. If you, if you pay attention, you can piece it together, I think. Um, and Invictus are half of Invictus from last year running it back. Um, there's also some strong European teams. Like it's going to be pretty, it's going to be pretty, uh, duked out. Um, Aaron said he paid for this, so I'll bring it up. Um, Aaron said people really think that athletes like Noah Chandler or games winners like Annie are going to put Toll on a team if they don't feel he can rise that level. Toll is an amazing athlete and bring brings a lot. My dude. Um, all very accurate. Um, there's a lot of praise you in the in the live chat. I don't know if you've been following along, but a lot of people are. That's actually a very good idea. You should get rewarded for margin of victory. So they should do like Z score or whatever P score uh, for for the snatches or for you know like to to be like, all right, totally, you won by a hundred pounds. <laughs> you get extra points. Um, but listen, thank you. Um, just thanks. You're a good dude. Thanks very much. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. I'm sorry that it took so long. But like I said, uh, if I don't know you, I don't really want to give you my personal talks. So now I have known you. I've talked to you a few times. So thanks for having me on.